From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, joined today by Paula, with, by Paula Cost. Hey, we'll have a few special guests today with very powerful stories. We'll speak first with Nathan Dunaway, who tragically lost his grandson, Jack, in 2016. Now he encourages people to do a Jack attack in his memory. We'll talk with Robert St. John about he's hel- how he's helping the community after recent tornado in Hattiesburg, and later, after historic Women's March this weekend, Aaron Passions of the Nasty Women Project will talk with us about a new book that gives women a voice after the 2016 election. You can join the conversation today at 877-MPB-RING or email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Happy Monday. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Holocaust is back in the studio with us again today because we liked him so well two weeks ago. We thought we would bring him back. Paul, it's good to see you, my friend. Marshall, it's good to see you. Thank you for having me back again to be, um, be with you. Well, thank you, and thank you for not killing me last week. I appreciate that because the boot camp did start back up. And, yep. uh, and you're back on track from yeah. all your traveling. Well, I'm back on track, but I'm about 40 miles from the track. I'm almost back on it, though, so that's good. But, but that's you, good. Were, you were in better shape than you thought you were in. I did. I actually ran good sprints one day. I was really proud you of myself. Did. Once I got my lung back in my mouth, everything was great. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hey, tell you what, we have a fantastic show today. We're going to have Nathan Dunaway is going to be joining us. And Nathan, I mean, absolutely went through one of the most devastating moments I think any grandparent could ever go through. And, you know, one of the themes I like to to follow in my life is taking your worst moments and trying to turn something good into it. And he is doing that with Jack Attacks. And he will be here to tell us a little bit about that as well. And I think it's going to be a story that moves you very deeply to your heart. Robert St. John's going to be on, too. And you probably remember Robert. Of course, you've probably read one of his cookbooks or eaten in one of his restaurants down in Hattiesburg. And as you know, Hattiesburg and Petal got absolutely rocked hard over the weekend from an EF3 tornado that stayed on the ground for 23 miles. And it devastatingly hit at 3 o'clock in the morning. So we lost four lives. But the outpouring of love that we have seen since that tornado went through is just – and if, you, if you're lacking faith in humanity – see what's going on in Hattiesburg, and Robert will tell us a little bit about that as well. And also, there was the Women's March over the weekend all over the United States. A lot of women out there, huge numbers amount, and particularly here in Mississippi. I've never seen a crowd that big at the Capitol. It was a pretty impressive number. Aaron Passions is going to be on to talk about it as well and talk about the Nasty Women Project. We're going to find out about that. Very intriguing name. I'm sure mm-hmm. Paul and I are both are going to be very interested as well. Paul, um, you're roasting me this weekend. <laughs> I was I was hoping that you would bring that up. Thursday night, we're getting to roast Marshall, and I, I called him last week, and I said, Marshall, you're going to have a lot of these legislators. Steve Holland, I, I think, is particular somebody that stands out in my mind. And of, Steve has never been known to be shy <laughs> ever. And you have you have you have uh, done a fabulous job of depicting him in your cartoons through the years. And I feel like Mar- you know Marshall, he's going to take that as an opportunity to get back at you. And I said, well, Marshall, at the end of the uh, roast. We'll we'll get anybody who's too hard on you in the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and I are going to go back out there with bats. You know, we're exactly. going to take them out. And I, t- I tell you what, though, it's a 
this point in my life, if I can't take it, yeah. then I probably shouldn't be dishing it out. But the the one person I was most worried about that wanted to be on the Diaz, who wanted to get up and roast me really badly, was my own wife. <laughs> I said, no, Amy. We can't have we, Amy out there. <laughs> no, we can't. Because, number one, she knows way too much on me. Number two, she's way funnier than I am. And Three, I really can't go through a divorce right now. It would be really bad. So, no. But my kids even wanted to come. Oh, man. I know. They're probably going to learn some new words. <laughs> they they will. Are they going to be in attendance? Oh, they'll be in attendance, yes. Okay, good. Oh, yeah, because they want to hear what said about their dad. You know, because it's like, oh, great. So, anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be good, too. You watched a uh, little football over the weekend? Yes, I did. I uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like their team has really come on here this year. The quarterback's playing great. Um, I'm looking forward to watching uh, Brady and Belichick, what they put together to to, def- the, to defense that Atlanta offense. You know, it's and, amazing, and nearly the whole Tom Brady's whole career, his defense has never allowed 44 points. I know. You know, so, I mean, it's it's Atlanta's going to really have a challenge, but their offensive line is what's, you know, you talk about a secret and what's changed. Yep. And a very young defense. Very, uh, that was very, very impressive as well. Uh, of course, the tornado weather of the weekend. Of course, you know, it's very blue sky out. It's cool today. Finally, we're getting a break. And it was just like, it was almost biblical. I expected it to rain frogs. Every time <laughs> we turned around, there was like hail, and it was, it was nuts. Non stop. It was nuts. Hey, Sharita, I know you're waking there. Uh, where did you uh, do stand up this weekend? I did stand up at a birthday party. Um, no, you yeah. didn't have to do like, Now, okay, I, I'm thinking like you having to blow up balloons and stuff like that. <laughs> no, okay. I, I didn't have to do any magic tricks uh, but or pull any rabbits out of places, but it was fun. You know, the, the crowd was a, a little, you know, tight and reserved at first, but I, I loosened them right on up. You know, some people aren't just used to hearing comedy, so they have to be given permission to laugh. I was going to ask about that. When you come in and do a routine for a party like that, I mean... You don't obviously come in with your blue material or anything, do you? Right, but it was yeah. a wide age range. It was okay. maybe 30 to 70. Yeah. So uh, everybody got the material in layers. It was funny. So certain jokes, this crowd liked it. Certain jokes, you know, this this age group liked it. So, But it was fun. Afterwards, everybody just came up to me. They were very, uh, uh, you know, compl- complimenting, complimenting me a whole lot. Some that were just kind of sitting there looking at me the whole time were the first ones that came up to me. You were great. It's like, well, I couldn't tell. Exactly. <laughs> oh, isn't that the worst when you're sitting there and you tell the joke and then there's this pause and then somebody in the back of the room gets it and they start laughing and then right, everybody does right. and you're like, okay. It's like, ah. But it was so. fun. Everybody went to take pictures and yeah, it was fun. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. Have you ever done a birthday party before, Marshall? I actually did one one time where I did caricatures, which I don't do that often because, number one, I don't draw people pretty when I draw caricatures, right. and I don't want to make children cry. <laughs> That's a, I don't want to have the parents have to pay for therapy as being one of the birthday presents. Man, I can't tell you how many people have called my office parents and said, hey, can you come and train the kids at the birthday party? And I think, why would the kid want to, to go through physical fitness training at their birthday party. But but sure enough, it's amazing the phone calls that you can get. Yeah, you know what? The first time I ever met Paula Koss, and I got to tell a story, his sons and my son were in the same class, so I got to go to the birthday party, which was a lot of fun. I walk around the corner, and there's this giant man that looks like Mr. Incredible saying, would you like some cake? <laughs> so when I train with Paul, and he's like yelling at me because I'm like, you know, a slug, or I'm, I'm you know, I keep I keep hearing this little voice in my head, would you like some, some cake? cake. <laughs> like some cake. But Great. yeah, I could just see you making children do burpees. Yeah. That would be awesome. That would be, that would be good. That would, that, that would be very, very good. So well, let me ask, did, did, uh, did you guys watch the inauguration? You have any? Yeah, I did. I watched the speech. It was a little, it was thoughts, a little, observations. Well, it was a little 
little different. I mean, it was a, a classic Donald Trump speech. I think it was it felt like a campaign speech as much as it did, um, you know, ask not what you can do for your country kind of moment. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, good for him. I mean, he's present. It's been an interesting weekend, though, because we've, we've discovered the term alternative facts. What are those? Um, basically, <laughs> what generally comes out of Washington, but now they finally put a name on it. So that's good. So uh, it's a gift for cartoonists. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's really weird. And I, you know, over the weekend, social media was just like rocking. I mean, people were like mm-hmm. mad. Yeah, alternative facts is a hashtag now. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? I, I used alternative facts as a child. Oh, well. All um, the time. Spouses probably do it all the time. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Not not mine or not <laughs> not me, definitely, because I don't want to die. But, yeah. Now, it was, um. I mean, the, well, you had the, I mean, they were getting over a fight over the number of people there. That's what was so bizarre. It seemed pretty petty to me, but, you know. I know. But it's interesting to see you know, the politics now with social media, because one thing I've been watching a lot were the confirmation hearings. Yes. And uh, I mean, it has raised some concerns when you can see these hearings and people grilling each other. It's kind of like you you didn't see these things uh, back in the day. So now people are concerned and wondering, OK, was well, this person going to get confirmed? Uh, are they not going to get confirmed? Who who right. has the ability to do these things? But just having that social media aspect, I wonder, does it sway the opinions or, or decision making? What, what's good about it? And I'll be honest with you, and I've been in the media for 30 years. Um, what's good is it does take the filter away. You can watch this stuff live and you can make up a decision on your own. And it was so interesting to watch. I'd watch it and then I would go to different news sources and hear their spin on it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I just saw something entirely different. And I, yeah. wrote a, I wrote a piece about that over the weekend. I wrote a piece basically saying right now we need the media to be on their A game. Because mm-hmm. we need, I mean, we just need that. If you have any politician, and I'm not picking on anybody particularly that tries to tell you not to trust the media, that is a problem. Because mm-hmm. even the founding father said, you know, we have to have freedom of the press. We have to have a very strong media. That said, and I'm going to pick on the media here for a half second, because a lot of people misunderstood what I was saying and thought I was defending the liberal media or whatever. No, what we need is the media now to step up. And do a really good job, too, because for the last 20 years, media and entertainment have kind of melded together. Yeah. And it's very hard to find a trustworthy news source that, you know, is not just giving you spin. Now, there are they are out there. I love MPB, for instance, and I'm Mm -hmm. not just saying that because I'm here. It's I mean, the folks here do a great job. I work with some people at the Clarion Ledger that I think would absolutely down front of a train before they tried to be biased. They're very good reporters. That said. Um, there are a lot of people that aren't doing that, and it's very difficult because people will trust sites that literally produce the fake news, and that's well, a problem. Well, that's the question to me today. What is the media? When you say that, who is included under that umbrella? Oh, because everybody. you have yeah, people. You got- yeah, many people on social media would consider themselves the media. If they are uh, people who have a following and they post something that may get a lot of traction, and then all of a sudden people start subscribing to them uh, and for their political opinions, yeah. you know, is that considered the media? So that there seems to be some confusion about who you can trust and who you who you can't, who's going to provide real information. Who's well, the, not. Inter- the internet's blown up the model. Obviously, back in the day, newspapers controlled the channel; they could pretty much give you whatever they wanted to give you. Now you can get whatever you want. It's like going to Barnhills to the buffet, and Paul has real uh, opinions about buffets, which someday I'll get him to tell you that <laughs> at least a PG version of it. The bottom line is that we can go to our safe place. We can go find what news that we want and go sit there, and then we don't pay attention. Me, on the other hand, I read everything I can, mm-hmm. just even if stuff I disagree with, because right. I want to know what everybody's talking about. It's interesting to me. I think people are looking for straight-up honesty from from everyone. 
particularly the media. They're, they're wanting to see, hey, this is cut and dry. This is what it was. This is what was said. And what what I watched uh, over the weekend, some of the confirmation hearings in last week, were the brutal honesty yeah. of the people that were getting interviewed and, and the questions that were being answered mm-hmm. and the questions that were being asked. And and I thought that was really pivotal in get, getting the honest truth out there. Right. To the American people. And I think we ought to be that way in our relationships, too. Just be honest. Absolutely. Cut and dry. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Nathan Dunaway is going to be joining us, and we're going to find out what exactly a jack attack is, and I think you're going to like it. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Of course, you can always join in the conversation at 877-MPB-RING, or you can email us at marshall at mpbonline.org. Paula Cost is joining me as well. So we got a big full house here today. And our next guest has experience in radio. 34 years ago, he was in radio. So uh, just like riding a bike, I'm sure he won't <laughs> fall off. we got Nathan Dunaway, who is um, a guy that I knew actually before uh, the events of what we're going to talk about happened, and it's one of the nicest guys. In fact, he was one of the first people that reached out to me when my father died. And I've always liked Nathan. Of course, he works at the post office, and so I used to see his face around town, and he's very involved in his grandchildren's schools. And so absolutely had to experience something I don't think any parent or grandparent ever wants to have to experience. But, man, Nathan, um, I know the whole community has been with you, but what you've done since then has made me – my heart grow 10 times. Just incredible. Thank you, Marshall. It's, uh, and I appreciate you having me on the show to talk about this. Um, tragically, um, August 13th of 2016, we lost Jack. Uh, he was 13 years old. And what was very touching um, after this happened was the outpouring of the children, his students, his classmates coming to us and telling him stories about Jack. Now, we always knew Jack was a good kid. Um, he had a big heart, had a lot of compassion. At the age of 11, he actually told me that Hooters, he didn't get the concept of Hooters. He thought that was degrading to women wow. at the age of 11. Wow, wow. So, you know, that was just some of the, the special uh, thoughts that he had about things. But uh, three days after he passed away, um, I came home. I don't know where I was. And there was a, a girl and her mother standing in my kitchen. And she said, uh, Mr. Dunaway, I don't know if you know me. My name is Vanessa. My grandmother lives down the street. She told me her grandmother's name. I said, yes, I, I know who she is. Well, I just wanted to share a story with you about Jack. I said, okay. Well, when I was in the fourth grade, she says, I was brand new to the school, and Jack was the first person who came to be my friend. I said, oh, okay, well, thank you for sharing that with me. It just really meant a lot that he, she shared that story with us. Then a couple of days later, um, someone had said, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but there was a girl at school, the first day of school this year, she didn't have any lunch. Didn't have any money. Jack gave her her sandwich. Wow. So we said, wow. oh, okay. A couple of days after the service, came home. There's a little plant on the floor uh, in front of the front door. And a note from Dylan, who was one of his friends, came to one of his birthday parties. Just wanted to let you know, 
When I was in third grade, I was brand new to the school. Jack was the first person to reach out to me to be my friend. And then my favorite story was the night of the service, um, the receiving line. Everybody's coming by expressing condolences. And this boy, his name is Max. I don't know what Max's last name is, but went to school at Madison Middle. And I'm standing next to my daughter, Emily. He says, can I pray with you all? I said, sure, that'd be great. So he puts his hand on each of our shoulders, says the sweetest prayer. When he's done, he looks me in the eye and he says, Jack was a good kid. He taught me how to pray. Wow. wow. And that just floored me. Yeah. So we got all these stories about Jack's different acts of kindness. And in talking with it, my wife and I, we knew we wanted to do something to honor Jack, to keep the living legacy uh, going in his memory, and didn't know really how to do it, how to form it, what to even call it. And uh, Michelle Lawrence, who was the best friend, who's Jack's best friend's mother, said something about Jack Attack, and that was Jack's gaming name, Jack Attack 2121, used it to play all his games. So we started calling it Do a Jack Attack. Go do a random act of kindness. And I actually printed out here, this is what I told the kids at the service. We had 300 people from the community come to Jack's service. And I was sitting in that crowd. And, and, and Marshall was there. Marshall didn't know he was going to be quoted. You could hear a pin drop. Um, but I, there was 100 kids there. The mayor was there, a lot of the teachers and principals. And I asked the children to stand up. And what I told them was, every day at school, I want you to think of Jack Dunaway. One time. And maybe that will inspire you to do one act of kindness for a fellow student. Maybe someone you don't even know, whether it's a sandwich, a fist bump, or just a smile. If everybody did that one day, imagine the change you would have at your school. And then do it again the next day, and then again the next. And I hope that Jack inspires you all to make a difference. And like Marshall said, you could hear a pin drop. It, it was a very, just seeing the kids even stand up was a very moving experience. I know my son was in the audience, and he walked out, and he looked at me, and he said, Dad, you just don't know what people are thinking when they walk past you every day. No, you don't. Um, you don't know what everybody's going through. Um, one of the things I, I did use in the eulogy was actually a quote that, that Marshall had written about his father. And it's so appropriate even as today as we talked about the inauguration and, and the march and everything that's been going on. But what you had written, if you remember this, is we live in a world of turmoil and people are talking at each other, not to each other. But at any cemetery, you will see graves of people of all races, gender, and nationality, and they will have one thing in common, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. We are all headed there. And while it's fun to get on social media and scream about our differences, we will all have that same fate in store for us. And I thought that was so appropriate, and it still is today, because we know that on our tombstones, we'll have our date of birth, we'll have our date of death, and there'll be a dash in the middle. And if you've heard it said before, what are you going to do with this dash? And that's what we want people to do in doing these jack attacks. Uh, we've, we've formed this nonprofit foundation to encourage people to do jack attacks. Um, we started off, we have decals made, we have bracelets made. We started off as going to CC's Coffee and paying for the person behind you, handing the, the barista a decal and saying, hey, give us to the person behind you. We have a, a card attached to it that tells about uh, what we're doing and why we're doing it. Uh, we have a Facebook page now. It's called Do a Jack Attack. It actually reached over 500 likes this weekend. Um, we have people in Australia and in France that have uh, talked about Jack Attacks and, and getting things sent to them to do this. Uh, we were always reminded back to the Bible verse of Matthew twenty five forty. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these, the least of these, you did for me. And that's just been the model we're using to 
not only carry us through this tragedy, but also to keep Jack's memory alive. You know, one of the things that always amazes me when I go out and train with Paul is usually like on Friday afternoon, Paul will get us, to, on Friday morning at the end, he'll get us all together and have people stand up and tell their stories. And some of the stories are most, I mean, somebody's sitting there battling cancer and you didn't even know it and so forth. So by doing a jack attack, you might just absolutely push somebody to want to live again. You never know. No, you don't. And, and, and it's, it could be something as simple as just giving somebody a smile. Yeah. They, they've had a crappy day. You know, the boss yelled at them or, you know, the kids yelled at them, the spouse yelled at them. And they just might need a, a little pick-me-up to say, hey, remember this. Um Every Monday, we're trying to post a, a, a kindness saying on the Facebook page. And last week was the Dalai Lama. Be kind whenever possible. It is always possible. Uh, this week, and Frank, you can always give something, even if it's only kindness. Yeah. And if somebody will just see those things and just remember, be kind to somebody. Um, you talked about the community pouring out their, their support. Um, Mayor Mary, we all know well and love, um, we're working on actually creating a Do a Jack Attack Day for the city of Madison. That's fantastic. So that's something that uh, we would like everybody to get involved in when we, when we do that. But uh, it, it, we just want everybody to be kind. It, it, I watched an interview with Loretta Lynn with Dan Rather the other night, and he asked her, what do you think about America? And this was months ago. And she said, if everybody put America first in the decisions they were making, think about what America would be like. Right. It's the same premise. If everybody thought about being kind to one person, just one person each day, imagine the change that could happen in this world. It's amazing that the words that we choose to speak, how they can impact so many people. Right. And either you can you can be damaging with your words, and of course I've had to learn that as a coach um, and as a person. Um, but but I tell you, it's it's amazing how just the difference between something positive and something negative can affect somebody. And the Jack attack is a great way to do that. And it's a great way for us to spread the word of, of his story and his life and your passion for his living legacy. And what I truly love about it, too, it's not even only words. It's the actions that back it up. Because right. a lot of times I think we live in a society where we think a couple words could make a difference and then we walk away. This is a just coming out of nowhere and doing something make a that can help change the direction an action like yeah. i said and not not just words but an action yeah um and, and we we want this to grow um to the fact where i would love to get to the point where you know the secret santa's that pass out a hundred dollars to strangers so they go into the walmart and pay off everybody's layaway or yeah. something just 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 something to know that people care that right. you're not alone in this world there are people out there who truly care and there's nothing in it for them for our listeners, um, where, where where could they go to find out more information and to get involved, to get the T-shirts, to get the decals? and The uh, the decals and bracelets are free. Uh, when we do take donations. We have a P.O. Box uh, 763, Madison, Mississippi, 39130. Uh, the Facebook page is uh, Do a Jack Attack. Uh, we have shirts available. Unfortunately, we do have to sell the shirts uh, just because the cost of it. Um, that's but, understandable. I mean, that's not a big deal. Well, yeah, we would love, yeah. you know, we, we even talked about charging for the decals and the yeah. bracelets in the beginning. And my wife pointed out, you know, we want this to be, once again, an act of kindness. And we're not here to make money. We're just here to spread the word. Right, we're here right. to spread kindness. So, you know, we've soaked some of our money in, into this. Uh, we have had some donations come in. But we want people to have the access to it if they want it. That's great. Um, and, and, yeah, and it's definitely, you know, you're just looking. At, at, I know my wife and I were talking over the weekend, just the state of the world. We're worried about things. And this is exactly why I wanted to have you on today was to talk about that, because I think we're all in kind of the need of a jack attack right now. Well, I appreciate that. So once again, just throw out the website for everybody. It's uh, on Facebook's Do a Jack Attack. 
uh, P.O. Box 763 in Madison, Mississippi, do a jack attack. Um, and if you want to even call or text me, my number is 601-951-2536. That's my personal cell. And especially, I know kids are in school today, but parents, if, if you, your kids need someone to talk to, yeah. uh, we told them at the service, our, our front door is always open. Uh, we are there. We want to be there for our community just as they were for us and for anybody who needs a little bit of kindness in the world. Um, Dick Wheeler at Southern Connection helped us do the decals, and he came up with the idea that a good deed brightens a dark world. Jack was an amazing young man, and his legacy lives on through your your amazing actions. Nathan, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, appreciate it. We've got Robert St. John is going to be joining us coming up next to talk a little bit about the relief effort in Hattiesburg, folks. I hope uh, you're going to pay attention to this one because it's very important. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'll tell you what, absolutely powerful show today. I hope you got to catch that interview with Nathan Dunaway. Of course, you can always go online to hear us, too. We're at mpbonline.org. You can find us there as well. Paula Costa is joining us in studio. Paul, I don't know about you, but um, I don't even know. If that happened to me and my family, I would be, it would be so difficult to even get out of bed. And here Nathan's going out there, and he's changing lives and making a huge difference. It's great when you can take something terrible and horrific in your life and turn it into a positive yeah. and make a difference in other people's lives. And Nathan's doing that. Um, I know that uh, Jack has a little sister, Lily. Um, my small group has been, uh, our Bible study has been praying for Lily and, yeah. and their family, not even knowing it. Uh, that um, you know, you know the connection that I would end up having here, getting getting here. Nathan share his story and his yeah. passion for his grandson. Very very powerful. And I tell you what, I think uh, Nathan's story is a very good segue for our next guest, who is a guy who is through Extra Table has done an awful lot to help a lot of people. But you know what? Right now there's a huge need in both the Hattiesburg and Petal communities, and Robert St. John is part of it. Robert's good to talk to you. Uh, good morning, Marshall. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate. Uh everything y'all are doing to kind of shine a light on this tragedy down here. I tell you, the first thing I did when I was, I was like, oh, God, I hope Robert's okay. And I texted you, you're fine, your businesses are fine, but your employees have been impacted, and one of them even lost an uncle, right? Yeah, we uh, we had four, employ- four of our employees who were severely impacted. One lost an uncle. This, you know, there's what we learned, uh, Katrina, when Katrina came through, you know, it it was just uh, a complete and total devastation. I mean, everywhere we learned that the the taproot of the Southern Yellow Pine will not stand up to 110 mile an hour winds. But with tornadoes, you know, we had an F4 come through in 2013, and it passed uh, really just north of my house and and directly behind one of the restaurants. But with tornadoes, you know, you can have a house standing, and the next door house will just be nothing but uh, foundation. So um, this tornado uh, blew through about a mile south of my house. I've been I've been fortunate to have kind of been in between both of these things, but a lot of others around town have not been so fortunate. It's 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 bad here in Hattiesburg, and there are areas I know they're classifying this as an F three, but there are areas of town, mainly the East Jerusalem area, which is kind of hauling Alcorn, that is way worse than anything we got. Uh, 
in 2013. And then, of course, William Carey College, um, William Carey University now, um, there's not a building on that campus that uh, has, hadn't been affected. It's, it's rough over there. you got students displaced, uh, a lot of international students who don't even have a passport now who's, Wow. Um, you know, whose parents live uh, in another country in South America or somewhere. And uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's bad. Can you imagine going to bed at three, you know, waking up at three o'clock in the morning and having to literally run for your life and then waking up the next morning, not knowing where your next meal is going to come from. And I'm, yeah. I'm very proud of the fact that you've helped uh, help people find a solution to that problem. Well, yeah. And that's what extra table, which uh, in a nutshell is a, is an agency. We're a nonprofit across the whole state, and and what we typically do, our our normal uh, mission, is to help supply mission pantries and soup kitchens throughout the state with healthy food. Um, what what is nice now is that we are uniquely set up and have an infrastructure to where when something like this happens, we can use our agencies in in an area. To get food to people, I mean, you know, that's our most basic need, Marshall. I mean, you know, we got we have to have shelter and we have to have food. Everything else is is kind of gravy. And so, what we do, what Extra Table does, is uh, we through our we have four agencies here in town: Edward Street Fellowship Center, which is actually located uh, a half a mile from William Carey. They don't have their lights on yet. I'll be over there this afternoon. Um, uh, Christian Services Center, which is downtown in between Hattiesburg and Pedal, Pedal Children's Task Force, which is right in the middle of Pedal, and then a great thing is in the spring, uh, Extra Table set up a food pantry at University of Southern Mississippi for students who uh, couldn't quite make ends meet and needed help and assistance with some food, and so we ship to all four of those agencies all the time. What we're doing now. Because the USM Pantry has opened its uh, drawers to William Carey students and they're feeding William Carey students, is through feedms.com. Uh, we're taking donations now. I would, I would encourage anybody listening who feels like they want to help in this area. We have a lot of boots on the ground. There are a lot of volunteers picking up sticks and cleaning up houses and everything. But at the end of the day, people need clothes and they need food and if you're interested in helping feed these people, it's a very easy way uh, to do that. Just go to feedms.com. Uh, there's a little drop-down menu right there, and you can designate um, your donation, and it will purchase 100% of that donation, whether it's $10 or $100, will go to purchase food uh, for, for one of those four agencies. Uh, you know, that's one thing Extra Table uh, planted its flag on early on is they always – 100% of someone's donation, when it's given to food, will go to purchase food. And we, we partner with Cisco, and so we, we purchase wholesale and in bulk. And someone wanted to go to the grocery store and spend $100 and fill up a shopping cart, we can take that same $100 and, and maybe fill up two shopping carts. Oh, that's incredible. That's incredible. Robert, man, I really appreciate you being on with us today. Um, once again, throw out the website again, because I know obviously people are busy and I want to make sure they get it. And I just want to say thank you. I've always believed that in Mississippi that we do chainsaws and casseroles really well, that people will come with chainsaws and they'll feed you. And you have yep. definitely fulfilled the last part of that saying, that's for sure. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, it's feedms, F-E-E-D-M-S dot com. And um, it's a, it's, set up through extra table and i think you said it right marshall and you and i talked about this before and it's 
it's one of the things that makes me so proud, not to only be from Hattiesburg, but to be from Mississippi, because in times such as these, you know, people don't even really have to ask for help. Neighbors get up and they start helping neighbors. And um, I saw it at Katrina. I saw it in the 2013 tornado. And, and we're seeing it now. It's just it's just kind of in our nature. Nobody's sitting around waiting for, you know, the government to do this or that. Everybody's getting up and um, helping their neighbor in need. And it's a beautiful thing to see it's amazing i was down there thursday talking to the main street chamber uh, of commerce and talking about that very thing about that community and how strong you were and here we are just a few days later getting to see it first uh well robert thank you so much for being on with us today good luck buddy if you need anything just give us a call we're always here for you well cms.com spread the word and marshall thanks for everything you do for the state of mississippi we are truly lucky to have you here and uh we're not, we're not going to let you go back to Georgia or Tennessee ever. You just have to stay here. Oh, thank you, but I appreciate that. All right, Robert St. John, of course, uh, Paul, I tell you, it's amazing. Um, I always said that before you can get out of the Rebel, there'll be a church fan in your front yard full of people <laughs> with chainsaws and casseroles, and right there, there's Le- proof. There's a guy right there that's leading by example. Exactly. You've got, you got to love what his passion is and what he's doing for that community right now. That's huge. That's huge. We have Aaron Passions on the, on the line, editor-in-chief, and... I, you know, a, there was a big march over the weekend. You probably see it. That was all over the TV, and of course, she was a big part of it. Erin, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, and I just have to tell you, um, my mama loved you. <laughs> if, <laughs> Every morning, I get a beep on my phone and look at what Marshall Ramsey do today. <laughs> if, if I can make somebody's mama happy, then I feel like I've done okay. Because some days I struggle making my own happy. So you know, my here. mother loves you too. <laughs> that's that's awesome. funny. Yeah. She, she loves it when you say, "Hey, baby, I'm coming home." At yeah. the end of the show, right? Well, I don't do it so much on the morning, which right. is in the, you know, in the afternoon, definitely on there. Aaron, you've got to be exhausted. You've had a big weekend. Um, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Yeah. To talk, Thanks for having me on the show. You know, I appreciate it. Big crowd up at the Capitol. Talk a little bit about the, how did the Nasty Women Project originate? Oh, well, we started online. Um, it was sort of a group of us in different liberal groups. And, um, you know, with Hillary couldn't be the Democratic candidate, uh, I think a lot of women throughout the country uh, felt a, a sense of empowerment that they didn't have before. Um, and after uh, Trump won the Electoral College, uh, we were really scared that a lot of those voices were going to get lost. And um, so um, the Nasty Women Project came about picking those voices up and uh, keeping them and, and documenting them and, and bringing them into light where they deserve, not letting them get lost in the shadows again. And, uh, and, and that's what we're trying to do. It's, it's activism by storytelling. What were some of the things from the election that kind of warranted a project like that, that kind of got you fired up? Well, what didn't? <laughs> it seemed like every day there was, you know, a new threat to women that was being um, swept under the rug, you know, excuses about boys being boys or locker room talk. And uh, I think that um, the fact that the Democratic candidate was also consistently attacked and judged in, in ways that the male candidate wasn't a uh, it was just it was too much to bear and i think a lot of uh, a lot of women felt very threatened for their rights you know i mean this perspective y'all are telling your stories in different ways you're doing it through what poems and short stories letters i mean and of course the march talk about that oh well 
there's a lot of stories. There's also a lot of poems as, as well. We have different mediums, and, and these women, they're not, uh, uh, many of them are not professional writers. A couple of them are, but, you know, some of them, their voice wanted to be heard, and so they applied their voice to this medium to get out to empower other women. Um, one of our uh, contributors, Afro Peep, a poet in uh, Pennsylvania, I believe, you know, in her poem, she says, uh, I'm no activist, but I will not sit quietly in my seat and watch as the nation tears itself apart. So many of us didn't start off in this activism role, but the uh, election has, has taken us to this place. Well, I was, I was, I'm going to ask you this. I was just watching all the people marching in all the different cities, and I mean, just huge crowds. I saw in Texas and in California and Washington, here in Jackson. Um, how do you channel that kind of energy toward the next election? Obviously, uh, that's what how it's going to have to. If you feel like you need to get your point of view across, how are you going to be able to channel that into getting another candidate? Well, I think the march pushed back on the idea that Trump's team uh, had been putting forth uh, that he had a mandate. Uh, he didn't win by a landslide, and he didn't win the popular vote. And his inauguration prompted uh, what some are calling the largest march in U.S. history. Um, the impact of that is that the legislators are watching, and they care about keeping their jobs in, in 2018. And people who are too scared to be vocal right now are watching, and people who couldn't come out in March are watching, and Trump supporters who regret their vote are watching. So the message is that the marchers stand in solidarity um, with each other. And uh, the lives and liberties are threatened by the far-right congressional agenda, so we stand in solidarity. So this is a show of resistance, and it's just the beginning. And I think that across the country, this organizing uh, to resist the cities and states across the country is to stand against the policies of, of hate and, and bigotry. We're talking with Aaron Passions, and we're going to take a quick break. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Monday. We got Aaron Passions on with us. We're talking a little bit about the Nasty Women Project. Paul had a very good point off uh, while we were off the air. Uh, talking a little bit about the power of women that you have noticed in your years of coaching. It, it's amazing. And, and Aaron, I tell you, I was sharing with Marshall that, uh, you know, through the years, I see if I if I get a, a wife out there training, then I'm really going to get the husband and, and all the children. And and that doesn't happen when I get the husband. Sometimes when I get the husband, I'm, I might get the wife and I might get the kids. But when you get the ladies involved, there there there's strength and power in that. And I've seen that firsthand in, in my life with my mother and my wife, Lizzie, both very, very strong uh, people in the backbones of our family. And and Aaron, you know, as, as I look at your movement and what y'all are achieving and what you're trying to do and, and looking at our country and trying to find a way to unify us, 
with all the the problems that we all see and the the differences that we all have with each other, what do you feel that we can do? What do you feel that Donald Trump can do, President Trump, to uh, to bring us together? And what would you like to see him do him achieve and and for him to do to help with your movement? Well, he can stop tweeting for one. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get you in trouble every time. Trust me. Uh, he can listen. Um, I, I think that he's just in this uh, bully mode, and he's not willing to listen to us. Um, you know, we talk about female unity. Uh, this is the time for it. You know, I, I feel like there have been a lot of movements uh, with women uh, uniting, but it's never been so, I guess the right word would be, you know, intersectional. Uh, before. These are women of all different races and different religions that are coming together um, because we all realize at the end of the day, and this is a common thread in the stories, is that we all want to feel safe and secure and raise our, our children uh, in, a, in a world that's not going to attack them for what they stand for. Well, Aaron, and we're all in this together. Aaron, yeah, I was I was going to bring that up because that's one thing I noticed about watching a lot of the coverage. Now, obviously, some of the coverage focused on certain parts of it or, you know, depending on the viewpoint. But you you saw the faces of the people that were there. And I saw a lot of the names that were on my Facebook page that were, were attending. And, I mean, this was a cross-section. This wasn't just 20-year-old people in college. This was 65-year-old grandmothers out there as well. I mean, it was up and down the, up the, up and down the spectrum. It was amazing. You know, my mother came too, and she's 70 years old. Uh, and as far as the Nasty Women Project, uh, our book, uh, one of our youngest storytellers, she's 21. Uh, one of our uh, more seasoned storytellers, she's in her late 70s. Uh, this affects everyone, you know? Uh, and that's what's so fantastic about it is that the unity of this experience. Uh, the March and working on the Nasty Women Project. Yeah, talk a little bit more about the Nasty Women Project because there's actually a book that is set to be released as well. Talk about the book and when it's coming out and talk about where the proceeds are going to go. Uh, it is coming out on March 1st. It is a collection of women uh, across the country uh, from each state, all 50 states. And uh, it, like I said before, it's, it's told um, women different races, religion, ages, the topics span from gay rights to, um, you know, being a, a mother of some, uh, a child of special needs, uh, racism, um, immigration, uh, across the board. Uh, and it's so unique because every story is different. Uh, we release on March 1st and all donations, 100% of the proceeds will be donated to Planned Parenthood. One of the things I thought was amazing was that, you know, in the million and a half or whatever the total was up in Washington, there wasn't a single arrest. I thought that was pretty amazing. Wow. So that's I a, did, too. And let me point out because... Because I usually, when I go to Washington, I get arrested at least five or six times. So. <laughs> <laughs> me, too. It was, uh, it was amazing. There was just not... It, it wasn't a hateful remark. Throughout, and, and sometimes, you know, they talk about the march, but in D.C., the march was kind of broken up in different areas because we were so congested 
And it was so much fun. You know, you'd be walking on the sidewalk and there would be the gays against guns coming for you in one direction. And the other side, you'd have the ladies against hate from Vermont on the other side. And it was, just a, it was a huge love fest. It was incredible. Aaron, do you think that uh, some of the women in Donald Trump's life, particularly his daughter, his wife, and then, of course, his campaign manager, who has now become one of his head consultants, uh, those three women right there, um, they're very powerful. They're very uh, they've achieved a lot in their life. What do you see uh, their role being with his presidency and how can they help you as well? Well, those are different women, aren't they? They are. I have expectations. You know, there's um, I think Melania, I just I think I want to reach out and hug her. I just. I don't know if she knows exactly what she signed up for. It's, it's, it's sort of sad seeing a lot of the pictures that have been going around online where you see how she's being treated by our president. Um, I would hope that um, they listen to the women around them and uh, be able to keep an open mind. Um, because when we march, and this is really important to bring up, there are a lot of, of uh, women who have bashed uh, the march on Saturday. But what they need to understand is we're not just marching uh, for ourselves, for our own rights. We're marching for their rights, too. Aaron, I appreciate you taking the time out of the day. Is there a website or anything you can throw out for folks to find out more? Yes. Please visit us at nastywomenproject.com. Uh, we are accepting stories for um, our second volume, which... We're shooting for uh, the summer, but our uh, volume one will be uh, March 1st. And please go on our website. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, and and I hope you have a great week. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's Aaron Passions with the Nasty Women Project. Well, Paul, it's been an hour. That went by pretty quick. Too quick. I want to stay and hang out with you, Marshall. Yeah, we'll do that, (laughs) at least for the next five more minutes. And the stories on that website, uh, nastywomenproject.com, they are really uh, good. They're uh, stories from people of all different generations, different ethnicities, um, very moving. So, uh, you know, might want to take some time in the day to read those. Uh, but, you know, if we could just kind of wrap up with a weekly tip. Uh, Marshall, you had I something so. I thought was good. Well, we truly want to leave people with something every Monday because it's Monday. I mean, we're all kind of getting the day started. We're all trying to figure the week started, trying to figure out where we're going to go. This is a story that I learned from the when I was learning to water ski with my dad. My dad basically did waterboarding before waterboarding was cool. He made you grab onto the rope, and you basically couldn't let go until you got up. And then when you got up, he tried to knock you down. One time I was uh, skiing, and he went around in tight circles, and I hit a stick, and I flipped, did about four or five cartwheels, and the ski hit me in the back of the head. I'm laying there in the water. He comes up next to me and pokes me with a paddle. I'm like, what are you doing? He said, get up. Grab the rope. We're going to get you back up. And I was like, no. He said, no, we're not going to make your story about how you fell down. We're going to make it about how you got back up. That's great. I'm like, go away. Okay. So flash forward about 20 years, I get cancer. So he comes in right after my surgery, starts poking me in the forehead, and he said, get up. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to make your story about how you got back up, not about the fact you have cancer. So my weekly tip is don't make your story about how you fell down. Make it about how you got back up. And, you know, right now in Mississippi and particularly in Hattiesburg and Petal, they need to hear that right now. And that relates so well to to Nathan Dunaway and the Jack attack. Exactly. Exactly. Paul, what's your tip? Oh, man, I I, I feel like uh, every day is an opportunity for, for us to ace the day and attack uh, each day with great attitude, great character, and great effort. And if we ace the day uh, 
and and push ourselves and challenge ourselves to get up when we get knocked down and turn um, negative circumstances in our lives and and try to find a positive and make something positive happen for our communities. That's the direction we need to go in. We need to definitely ace the day. And do a jack attack. That's right. Because, I mean, to tell you what, just hearing Nathan talk about that, I kept thinking about how many times when you're just walking through a store or anything else, when you're actually kind to somebody randomly, they'll probably look at you and think you're going to mug them. But, you know, that how much difference we could make when we just do that? That's right. That'd be great. All right, Sherita, any thoughts on your weekly tip? You're just like, hey, let's <laughs> let's get this done. <laughs> I think seize the day. I mean, uh, yeah. I feel like I, I waste a lot of time in the day. Sometimes you and I were talking about this, Marshall, on social media, yeah. kind of giving things attention that don't need our attention. Right. We convince ourselves that we have to respond to this person and we have to post a status. And meanwhile, we're wasting valuable time. I must defend time. my honor, you know, to, the, to social <laughs> yeah, media. Yeah, to who, people who don't even know you. You know, exactly. Uh, so just make better use of your time. Exactly. Yep. Very like good. It. All right. Well, that turned out to be a great show today. And we're going to do this again next week. But coming up next is Southern Remedy. Sherita, thank you for producing the show. I want to thank Paula Cost for joining me today. I think it adds a really nice touch to the show. And I appreciate having you here as well. Love being here. Thank I you. I want you all to have a great weekend. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We will see you all next week.